0: Greetings, everybody. This is Marcus Staples, your servant in Jesus Christ, bringing to you another episode of Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. Well, welcome to the episode I have nicknamed Christian Hip-Hop Explored. Why'd I do that? Well, it's because we're going to do things a bit differently today. This is our 51st episode. That means we have produced 50 episodes and put them out online for you to listen to. And I think it's about time that I explain why I do this show. What possessed me to take time out of my busy schedule to take a few hours a week to study and produce and put together this show for you guys to listen to? Well, it's a few things, and I'm going to get into that. But before I do, let me explain what we're going to do on today's show. See, we are going to be covering a song, as we normally do. But before we get to it, I'm going to do what I just said. I'm going to explain why I produced this show. What about Christian hip-hop is so special? Who is this show for? What is the show's goal? That's the things we're going to talk about today. And after that, I'm going to wrap it all together by covering a song. And you'll see, it all fits together in a common theme. But, before I lose you and go any further, let me just get right into it. So Christian hip-hop. Why Christian hip-hop? Why did I choose this topic? Well... The reasons are actually pretty simple. The first is that Christian hip-hop was pretty instrumental in my introduction to Sound Doctrine. I grew up in churches that you can categorize as your more modern evangelical church. There was little doctrine, there were theme sermons that had little or no scripture in them, and they were all what Michael Horton has coined as moralistic therapeutic deism. However, according to God's providence, he happened to introduce me to Christian hip-hop. At the same time in my life, he had put certain other key individuals and key events that led me into Reformed Theology and led me into Sound Doctrine. I didn't grow up catechized. I didn't grow up with the creeds and the confessions. But those things were being introduced and shown to me. I learned new words and discovered scripture in a whole new way. All the while, Christian hip-hop was there the whole time spurring me on. Another big reason is that Christian hip-hop always keeps me grounded in scripture. Whether I'm having a rough day or I'm just having a sad time, Christian hip-hop is always an objective form of entertainment that really takes me outside of myself. Before, if I was having a bad day, I would listen to music that made me angry or sad, that helped vent my frustration. Now, I can flip on any Christian hip-hop album, and instead of it feeding into my mood, it actually forces me to get outside of my mood and to look at Christ and look at His grace and His mercy. The third reason I chose this specific topic is that music is an immensely powerful tool. That's why we use it in worship. That's why the Bible has an entire book of just songs, and there are songs found all throughout Scripture. It's because it can be used to teach, and it can be used to influence, it can be used to inspire, it can be used to move, As it was with me and my conversion but the thing is there are many objections to christian hip-hop one of them is just simple preference and taste they're okay to have everybody has them and some people they're just not so inclined to like hip-hop and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that this show really isn't for those kind of people because hip-hop's not for everyone but it's important to remember that it's not the style that makes something biblical or unbiblical. I've heard the arguments that all Christian hip-hop, all forms of rap are evil and from the devil. And that's just lunacy. Because it's not the style of music that makes something unrighteous, but it's the message that's behind it. Instruments, in and of themselves, can't do good or evil. They can't be good or evil. Just like a paper and a pen sitting on a table aren't evil. Or a computer that has no data on it can be bad. The righteous and the unrighteous by the computer from the same retailer. So it's all in how you use it, how you put it all together. And that's the same hip-hop. The artists who have chose the medium are one of the biggest examples of Paul's words in his letter to the church in Corinth. In chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes this, For I am free from all. I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. that by all means i might save some i do it all for the sake of the gospel that i may share it with them in its blessing see paul's not talking about changing the gospel or lightening up the gospel or changing the message to make it easier to digest but rather using the mediums in which the people of that culture can connect to and that's the same thing with christian hip-hop it's just taking a neutral medium and subjecting it to the authority of the law of Christ, and then using it to spread the gospel. It's in no way compromising the gospel message or softening it up, or justifying sin for the sake of winning the loss. It's just using, as I said, a neutral medium. Now, that's not to say that there's not a lot of bad, sinful hip-hop out there. I would say a majority of it, in fact, is probably that. And I'm not arguing that there's not a lot of bad culture around hip-hop. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Christian hip-hop has done a lot of good, and it's turned many away from the negative influences of hip-hop that's produced by this world. We'll dig into that a little bit deeper later. But I want to talk about the gift of Christian hip-hop. I have a few ways that Christian hip-hop is actually a gift given to the church, given to the world. The first way Christian hip-hop is a gift is that it communicates in a way that other genres just simply can't. Like most songs with lyrics, Christian hip-hop is simply poetry put to music. The difference is that you can fit a lot more words and ideas into a lot shorter amount of time in hip-hop than you can in other genres. For example, the song that we're going to be unpacking today has about 400 words packed into about 4 minutes. And if we work it out comes out to about 1.85 words per second being said in this song. And that's on the low side of some of the songs we do. And don't forget that there are sections that there are no lyrics and that the hook in this one is not very wordy. So not a whole lot of words are being said during it. Hazakim's track, The Other Side, which we covered in a previous episode, packs a whopping 900 words into four and a half minutes or about 3.4 words per second. By comparison... The hymn Amazing Grace, sung straight through, is about two minutes long. And that's continuous singing. There are no breaks in that song. And it manages only about 1.35 words per second. So Christian hip-hop packs a lot more into a lot smaller amount of time. Another reason Christian hip-hop is a gift is that it's easy to memorize. There might be a lot of words in the songs, but it uses literary elements that are easy to memorize, like rhyming and metaphors and alliteration. Think back to, like, your children's songs or the children's stories that you learned growing up. All of them rhymed. A big story I loved as a kid was Green Eggs and Ham. And what's the famous line from Green Eggs and Ham that everybody remembers? I do not like Green Eggs and Ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. See the rhyme scheme going on in there? That's something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And the rhyming helps out with that tremendously. So between the literary devices and the catchy beats, it's easy to get one of their songs stuck in your head. And that can be immensely helpful when you're trying to remember a certain scripture or a certain doctrine. You know, what part of the scripture, what part of the doctrine. It's easy to recall a song that pulls that up. And also, if you hear a piece of a scripture or part of a scripture, you can remember the song that contains that piece of scripture in your mind. And you can remember some greater context or some teaching that goes along with it. It's just how our brains work. Speaking of teaching, it is a great teaching tool. Hands down, music is, as we just said, one of the most powerful tools we have out there for learning and retaining information. Again, we use it to teach our children from the earliest of ages. And we even use hymns to teach adults doctrine in churches. However, these genres lack the ability to delve deep into a topic, while still keeping it short enough and interesting enough to hold the regular listener's attention for too long. They're good tools, but there's only so much you can do with them in a given amount of time. The amount of words that can be packed into a Christian hip-hop song makes it great for delving deeper into topics and giving you a, a much more thorough understanding in still the same amount of time. Another way Christian hip-hop is a great gift is its ability as an evangelism tool. Whether you like it or not, hip-hop is a part of our culture. Shunning it or demonizing it is not going to stifle its allure, especially to young people. If anything, shunning it and demonizing it is only going to attract young people to it more. To clarify, nowhere in the Bible does it say that a certain genre of music is sinful and another genre of music is not. It's really all cultural and personal preference. And to clarify, I'm talking about personal or social listening, not in the context of corporate worship. It's the message that differentiates the sinful and the righteous, not the genre. Music is a good starting point for believers to share the gospel with others. If your audience happens to be into hip-hop, then Christian hip-hop is an awesome entry point. So why this show? Why do I do it? Because it was instrumental in introducing me to Sound Doctrine and it helps to keep me grounded even when I don't feel so righteous. But as I explained above, it's a great teaching tool, but it's not a book. Christian hip-hop is great at introducing a clear understanding of a biblical text or of a doctrine of scripture, but it's not sufficient on its own. There's no time in music or method in music that can be used to cite every scripture that's referenced. Even though Christians can benefit from it, there's just no time or no method to properly cite every scriptural reference or every quote from a book or church father that's packed into the music. So that's where our show comes in. I have two big reasons why I do this show. And the first is a challenge for current fans of the genre to go deeper. It wasn't long after my introduction to Christian hip hop that I realized that even though I was learning and growing from the music, I was only getting an overview. Of these concepts I was learning them but it was clear to me that scripture had so much more to say so Christian hip-hop was a good pointer or entry point into these ideas but it didn't really flesh them out deep and it made me curious but the problem is I found out that not everyone sees the genre that way some people just like that it's positive and it doesn't have that negative influence that the rest of the music does that it's clean that it's uplifting that it talks about Jesus Some people love the teaching, but they never really take it beyond that, and that's why I created this show. I wanted to help bridge that gap between musical entertainment and biblical truth. The second major reason I did this show is because I wanted to introduce Christian hip-hop to a broader audience. I wanted to put the genre into perspective for those who might criticize it or never been exposed to it. Many people simply don't know how deep Christian hip-hop goes, or they hear that it's rap and they simply kind of write it off. My aim is to put Christian hip-hop into perspective and show people who might think like that that the genre is much, much more and to hopefully open the door for this genre of music for them. You know, bring in a bigger audience and get some of these guys who put a lot of work into their music recognized more widely in the Christian world. So with all of that said, I'm going to actually do these things. I'm going to show you the methods, if you've never heard this show before, that I use to dig deeper into the Christian hip-hop world. So, on today's episode, we're going to be unpacking Through Hymns' track, Justification by Faith Alone, from his album Onward and Sacrament. This song is packed so deep, we're going to have to go line by line through each of the verses. It's the only way to do it any justice. And that means it's going to take us a while. And this episode is already running really long. So, we're going to be breaking it up. We'll be doing at least two, maybe three episodes, depending. Right now, I'm thinking it's going to take three, one episode for each verse of the song. But, I think it'll be worth it. Alright. So, the first verse. After going through this song, to me, that its function is really to set the scene for the rest of the song. And put Christ on the main stage. It talks about the need for both God's wrath and God's justice to be satisfied. That's a subject we touched pretty thoroughly in episode 40 where we covered Willie Will's song, So Clean. If you want to find it, there's a link in the description. Through Him also points to Christ's need to be fully God and fully man to accomplish this task. In regards to the nature of Jesus, we call this the hypostatic union, but we'll flesh that out a little further on. So first, I'm going to summarize what I believe are the five points made in this first verse, and then we're going to take a look at our scripture reading. Pay attention and remember these five points, because we're going to see them when we get to that reading. So the points. I'm going to read the point, and then I'm going to read the lyric from the song that goes along with it. So the first point is that God must punish sin. But at the same time, He also desires that sin should be forgiven. The line from the song is, God is holy, desires that sin should be punished, loves, and desires to forgive than to judge us. The second point is, Is that God reconciles this by becoming the God man? What we said earlier is called the hypostatic union. Through him's lyric is, so how can he do both? What's the solution by virtue of what we call the hypostatic union? The third point is, Jesus had to become man because only man can atone for man's sin. The lyric, the Son of God took on the nature of a human, he had to be man to be a fit representative. The fourth point, Jesus had to be God in order to become the perfect sacrifice once for all. The lyric, God to endure the Father's wrath that was infinite on the cross in three hours and then finish it. And our final point, Christ's death on the cross satisfied God's wrath and love at the same time by being a perfect sacrifice and substitute on behalf of the sins of the people. Ergo, God could show mercy to sinners since his wrath for them was already paid for the lyric so as love and justice could simultaneously be revealed on the cross when christ hung on the tree he came from the heavens was slain and rejected the judge left the bench and took the place of the wretched so again those five points are god must punish sin but also wants to forgive it god reconciles this conundrum by becoming the godman he had to become man to atone for sin he had to become god to make sure the sacrifice was perfect and Christ fulfilled God's love and justice on the cross. So before we get into our scripture text, there is something I want to point out. I want to make note how what we just talked about, those five points that through him throws into the first verse of this song, are also something that the church has been teaching from the beginning. And for that, we're going to turn to the Nicene Creed, which is written in the 4th century, and we're going to look at the section that talks about Christ. It reads, I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made, of the same essence as the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and he became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. And he was human, he was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again according to the scriptures. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. Again, I have to note that the content of Christian hip-hop is nothing brand new or revolutionary, but it's teaching what has been taught in Christianity for centuries. It's just representing that through a new medium, in a new style, per se. So, now on to our scripture reading. If you have your Bible, flip on over to Hebrews chapter 1. We're actually going to be reading the entire first two chapters, and I'm not really going to provide any commentary. I just want you to listen, follow along in your Bible, and pay careful attention how through him in the first verse of his song is communicating the same thing that the author of Hebrews is communicating in these first two chapters. You are the same, and your years have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool under your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? On to chapter 2. Therefore we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him? or the Son of Man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, put everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection under him, he left nothing outside of his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subject to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the foundations of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And that's our scripture reading. Notice the writer of Hebrew takes care and time to make the case for both Christ's humanity and deity, and for both of them to coexist in the person of Jesus. While through him doesn't go into as much detail in his verse as the writer of Hebrew does in this text, he does take the time to point out its importance in the grand scheme of redemption, and he sets the stage for the gospel to be further preached in the next two verses. See, Christ had to be both God and man to fulfill God's love and his wrath on the cross. And this work Christ did accomplish, and we're going to see that in our final scripture reading for this episode. and the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them, after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then, he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. See, good, exegetical, theological Christian hip-hop is more than just entertainment. It's clear that these artists spend time and energy writing these lyrics, writing these albums, creating this music, and designing it to instill scripture and to instill biblical principles in their audiences. Think of Christian hip-hop as a catechism of sorts, that by the time you're done listening to an album, not only have you been entertained, but you've learned and you've been instilled in scripture, and you've been drawn closer to God. And that's it. That's the end of our episode. If you know anyone who doesn't know much about Christian hip-hop and who wants to learn more, or if you have somebody who has some misconceptions about it, point them to this episode, Unpacking the Theology, episode number 51. And if you need to know where to point them, you can point them to our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com. On our website, of course, you can find all of our episodes organized by artist and topic. Also on our website, you can find a link to our podcast, where it's available in iTunes or any other podcast service you might use. And if you want to get into contact with us, you can use our email address, unpackingthetheology at gmail.com, or head over to our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash unpackingtheology, where you can leave questions or comments or suggestions for any songs that you want us to cover. And lastly, we are now Twitter Live. That's right, Unpacking the Theology has its own Twitter account. You can find us on there at at UTTpodcast. Unfortunately, unpacking the theology was too big to fit as a Twitter handle. How unfortunate is that? But anyway, while you're there, be sure to retweet us. Be sure when you're on your Facebook checking out our Facebook group to let your friends know about the show. The only way the show exists is if we have an audience, and the only way the show grows is if that audience tells everybody, and I mean everybody, they know about it. And, as always, if you have any songs you would like us to unpack, please let us know. We hope you can join us for our next unpacking. Thank you, and God bless. Do you feel that your sins are too great for God to forgive? Grab your soul by the collar and pin it to the wall of your heart and say... Why are you cast down, oh my soul?